And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. This is part three of the More Energy at Work series. My primary goal during this series is to help you feel better at work and take your energy levels up five notches on the 10-point scale by the end of the series. So if you're feeling like a mediocre 5 out of 10, I want you to feel like a 10 out of 10 by the end of the series. Today we're going to cover how to properly wind down and what to cut out and supplement for restful sleep. Because as we learned in our last episode, about 73% of Americans are not getting enough sleep. And sleep is vital because it boosts our alertness levels and ensures our neurotransmitters are all in balance while we are working our jobs. Last week, we learned how important it was to get the optimum amount of cool, dark, uninterrupted sleep. Today, we're going to cover how to do that so we can feel really good at work. I am so excited for this episode. It's going to be very short, sweet, so make sure your volume is turned up, and let's get ready to rumble with our Career Warrior podcast. All right, I just want to talk a little bit about the sleep thing. Trust me, it's hard to do the whole sleep thing. Life gets in the way. The very things that we're using to improve the quality of our lives, things like technology, alcohol, social media, are sometimes the very things destroying our energy and productiveness at work. So let's go ahead and discuss the most sexy topic in the world and all the history of all the podcasts, moderation and wind-down routines. Ah, yeah. Because today we're going to come up with a wind-down routine for all of you to take away, especially if you think that this might be an issue. I know it was for me, and I know it still continues to pervade my life when life gets exciting. Once again, quick disclaimer, this is not specific advice, and we recognize each individual is different. This is general advice based on research published online by experts, and these are also my personal experiences. If you do have any issues that need to be treated, please make sure to contact your doctor or local therapist. There are many, many good ones just going ZocDoc. So let's talk about protecting our brain by being aware of the following and incorporating them into your wind-down routine. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is caffeine use. And I know most of us are consuming caffeine on a daily basis. It is sometimes in our blood. I know it's definitely in mine. The thing about caffeine is that it also keeps us up. It is a stimulant by its very nature and can destroy us if we are consuming too much of it, causing us to be anxious, jittery, and cause us to have terrible sleep at night. Caffeine's half-life, which means half of the amount that you take in milligrams, will still be in your blood after six whole hours. Oh my gosh. So if you take caffeine six hours before bed, then that means half of that will still be in your bloodstream by the time you shut your eyes. And I know what you're saying. Oh, I still can go to sleep after I have caffeine right before bed. Doesn't matter because physically that caffeine is still in your system. And whether you know it or believe it or not, it is disrupting your sleep. In fact, according to the Brain Fog Fix, another book which has changed my life, caffeine suppresses the release of melatonin from your pineal gland. This is something, a really important key concept to understand when we're trying to recognize the benefits and drawbacks of caffeine. Now, my personal commentary is I love my cup of coffee and I am not going to stop drinking my coffee. This is something that even allows me to be more focused, stimulated when I need to get down to work. Like, for instance, before I record these podcasts for the most part. But what I've realized over time is when I do tend to consume caffeine later in the day, it does really screw up my sleep (laughs) like bad. 
Um, and when I start to consume more and more caffeine, it does cause me to have more anxiety and just in general be more of a nervous Nelly, which is counterproductive to this whole career warrior thing. So that's my personal commentary on caffeine. What I found is, and this may be helpful for all of you, find a budget. Perhaps start at two cups of coffee per day. I don't know what that's, 200 milligrams, and go up or down based on what you think you can do or what you would like to do. If you go up and you find that three cups of coffee generally is too much for you, dial that down and make that a part of your routine. Don't deviate like I know a lot of us are doing because what's going to happen is life gets in the way. You're going to be tired the day before. You're going to need that extra boost of energy and you're going to compensate by using the bandage of caffeine. So that two cups of coffee turns to three to four. No, stop right there because you gave yourself the optimum amount for you to keep your energy prime. That's what I'd recommend. The other thing I recommend all of us do is give ourselves, like we give ourselves a bedtime generally, give ourselves a cutoff time for caffeine. For me, it's generally two o'clock in the afternoon because I know that caffeine is going to stay in my bloodstream long afterwards. This sounds crazy. This sounds obsessive, but I'm telling all of you, this may be one of the reasons why you're not getting good sleep at night. Caffeine, moderate, moderate. Next, we're going to talk about the most exciting topic, which is alcohol. Where my alcoholics at? Just kidding. That's messed up. Alcohol is something that we should especially reduce before bedtime. Does this sound like any of you? You drink several cups of coffee during the day because you have meeting after meeting that you just have to get through. And by the end of the day, you're just so stressed out and wound up that you need some wine. So you have glass after glass until you realize that you've drank You've drunk a whole bottle before bed. Believe it or not, this happens to a lot of us, and this is probably one of the worst things we can do for our health. And I'm going to talk specifically about the implications of alcohol on sleep. And this is from the National Sleep Foundation. If you want more information, go to sleepfoundation.org. Um, in this article, they talk about how it interrupts circadian rhythms. It says, while you may fall asleep quickly after drinking, it's also common to wake up in the middle of the night. One explanation is that alcohol may affect the normal production of chemicals in the body that trigger sleepiness while you've been awake for a long time and subside once you've had enough sleep. The article also says that drinking alcohol before bed is linked with more slow-wave sleep patterns called delta activity. That's the kind of deep sleep that allows for memory formation and learning. But at the same time, another, kind, another type of brain pattern, alpha activity, is actually turned on. Alpha activity doesn't usually happen during sleep, and this is where the problem is, but rather when you're resting quietly. Together, the alpha and delta activity in the brain after drinking may inhibit restorative sleep. And I'll just offer my personal commentary here. I've experienced with that occasional nightcap or two, um, in fact, probably way more than I should have. And I do agree, it is easier to fall asleep. I do feel drowsy after that drink, and it does calm me and relax me enough However, without fail, I have always woken up in the middle of the night or in general, I've woken up the next day and not have felt my best self. And this is because of that delta alpha wave mix here that's causing troubles and interrupting circadian rhythms. I know this is a tough one for a lot of us to battle, especially after attending events. And most of our culture does like to enjoy drinks at night. This is right as our body should be winding down. So if you're really trying to be a warrior to optimize your energy, 
I would recommend, like in the same way that we gave ourselves a caffeine stop time, give yourself that same alcohol stop time. According to a Huffington Post article, they recommend making sure that you are at a 0.04 blood alcohol level before bed. But, I mean, really, who breathalyzes themselves before bed? What I'd recommend is just making sure to have a few drinks maximum, so two, three drinks maximum, a few hours before bed. This may even not be enough because that blood alcohol level could still be more than a 0.04. Usually, this is something that you'd probably have to experiment with. But for me, I try to cut it off right around 8.30, keyword try. And this is because I know by the time that my head hits the pillow that I will have my alcohol levels down completely so that I can get good restorative sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, this is backed by science, and I cannot emphasize this enough. If you think alcohol might be something that is stopping you from getting good restful sleep at night, maybe try cutting it out completely because you never know. I mean, one time I cut it out completely for several months and I couldn't explain to you what a difference it made. So this is something that you may want to try. But at bare minimum, I I recommend moderation because this is going to help us all be more productive. All right. A next equally important topic is light and social media. Those two go hand in hand. And I just this one blew my mind because, I mean, we all know about caffeine. We all know about alcohol. Hopefully the last five minutes I actually could inspire you to make sure to take those things into moderation. But this one in particular with social media and light, I had no idea how much it affected my sleep and levels of stress, cortisol levels. In fact, one thing we mentioned in our last episode was your relationship with light is key for optimizing melatonin production. So in the Brain Fog Fix, they recommend getting light first thing in the morning to increase your levels of vitamin D and also to just wake yourself up. Your body responds naturally to that and wakes up because this is how we are as humans. This is how we our bodies physically work. But in the same way, needing to make sure that we don't stimulate ourselves by the increased intake of blue light, especially before bedtime. So getting light first thing in the morning and making sure to stop looking at our screens several hours before bed, because that's one thing that's really holding a lot of us back. To talk about social media in general, I consider it personally a stimulant. I know scientifically that's not correct, but I do know that after spending hours at a time of looking at my screen, I do feel wound up. And there is a reason for this. I decided to look even deeper into why our screens and especially social media is stressing us out. And this article comes from Medical News Today, and I have to read this passage here just because it was so mind-blowing to me. In this, they actually study a group of people who ended up cutting out social media from their lives, and the summary was that their cortisol levels dropped. It says, Professor Vanneman and his colleagues examined two groups of active Facebook users comprising of 138 study participants in total. One group was asked to refrain from using Facebook for five days, while the other group continued to use Facebook as usual. The research took saliva samples from the participants both in the beginning and in the end of the intervention in order to measure their levels of the stress hormone cortisol. Professor Vanman sums up his findings, reporting, Taking a Facebook break for just five days reduced a person's level of the stress hormone cortisol. Cortisol is known to soar when a person is stressed. In fact, the hormone is considered to be the key player of stress, regulating how our body responds to it. Too much cortisol can comprise our immune system, making us more vulnerable to infections, impairing our memory, 
and predisposing us to obesity, among other things. End quote. All right, can I stop here? This is unreal. And it continues to talk about how Facebook and all these different social media apps make us more stressed. And especially when we tend to compare ourselves to others. I know that's a big thing. You know, I'm not trying to tell you not to use social media. In fact, episodes ago, we had our beloved Sean Page, one of our Let's Eat Grandma employees, talk about how to use social media to propel your job search. But what I'm telling a lot of us is that we need to actually be more mindful and smart when it comes to the hours that we're putting into it. I would just ask yourself right now, out of all the time that you spend on social media, how much of it is used to actually be productive and further your life, whether it's connecting with loved ones or people who you've met in the way past and you're trying to reconnect or to get a job, to get a whatever, versus just sitting and scrolling mindlessly because it's stimulating and it's the only thing that you have to do right now. There's a huge difference. If you pick the first one, it can really help improve your life and change your life. If you pick the second one, it can take yourself into the abyss of mediocrity. In the Brain Fog Fix, they recommend cutting out social media entirely for a week. And I recommend all of us warriors actually try this. I know it's very hard, but take a brief seven-day abstinence period from social media to see what happens And I would venture to say, if you do think this is a problem for you, this may be the one thing that takes you up to the next level. I was hardcore about it for, I think it was one or two weeks. And in general, I found myself less stressed and finding myself with more restful sleep. And the thing that I do now, um, obviously you see me, I'm on on LinkedIn, I'm posting articles, I'm commenting on people's uh, statuses, I'm messaging. Uh, This is something that I actually set on a timer or on a calendar event on my day. So at around 12.30, I go on LinkedIn and respond to messages and comment and post things. Um, I actually use Hootsuite to schedule out posts. So if you're all about making posts and you really want to make sure that you're active, you can use Hootsuite and pick just one time per week that you want in order to make these posts. Make sure you're mindful about it and this will change your life. All right, perhaps the most effective way that we can make sure that we cover all of these things in our day-to-day lives is having a wind-down routine. And this has been absolutely key for me. I have been strict with my wind-down routine in the last few days, and I've noticed it has improved my sleep and how I felt um, in the last few days. So I recommend having a fun wind-down routine. And when I say fun, I probably mean relaxing or serene, but a way of motivating us to get thyselves into bed So one thing that I've been doing recently is making myself food for the next day. I love to cook. It's just something really exciting for me um, that I get really passionate about. So I'll start to cook myself food for the next day. So I'm even more prepared. I get those nutrients. I get those vegetables. And I even have a little of that food because, I mean, heck, that's that's fun too. And I'll post an article from health.com, which has a really good list of things to do um, when you're trying to wind down. But they recommend things like making a to-do list. I think that can be great. Um, They recommend things like reading a book, but nothing too exciting. I found this to be very helpful in my life. If I pick a either spiritual book or fiction book that has a little bit of adventure, they recommend listening to a podcast. Ironically, would not recommend listening to this podcast before bedtime because this might get you amped up and motivated to think about life, but possibly something that has... Uh, some more relaxing tones. I'm sure there are sleep-themed podcasts out there. 
or try soothing sounds, taking a bubble bath, focusing on your breathing. These are all really good things that you can do to wind yourself down. And the emphasis is on not drinking alcohol, caffeine, social media, or wakening our eyes with things like blue light. I recommend having a wind down routine. Some of the most successful people, CEOs, founders, whatever, have wind down routines. And this is what keeps them sane despite all the stress. Quick note on supplements. Supplements should be used and the emphasis is on the word supplement. This isn't the thing that is going to take your sleep levels to the next level. This isn't the thing that's going to save your sleep. This is something to help in addition to the principles that I've mentioned in the past. So melatonin is a really good one. Um, This is something that you can actually take to increase your levels of melatonin, that hormone we talked about. The problem with melatonin is a lot of the doses that are given um, from these manufacturers are way too large for most of us, and they can actually leave us feeling worse the next day. And melatonin, by taking too much of it, it can actually decrease your capacity to produce melatonin naturally. So I recommend using melatonin for one-off situations, such as when you're trying to get back in the habit of going to bed on time, or perhaps if you have jet lag, if you're traveling and you're not used to falling asleep at a certain time. This could be very effective. But do your research on melatonin. This is something that's helped me in the past, but also something that has destroyed my energy the next day when when it's just not working out. Another one that I love are teas. There are some really good teas out there that I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's it's placebo or whatever, but I have just totally crashed and had the best night's sleep after having some of these teas. A really good one that I've tried as per recommendation of the Model Health Show, it is the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. I'm sorry, the Mushroom Tea. This is the Rishi. Apparently, Rishi has been used for millennia to help people get restful sleep at night. And this is something that I tried a few times and I've noticed it is a little expensive, not going to lie, but the times I've done it, the times I've needed it, I have just passed out and just have stayed asleep, especially when I combine that with that warm bath at night to just relax the muscles. Try these things out. Let me know how it goes. I am just so excited to hear about how this can potentially change some lives out here. So send me a request on LinkedIn. I'm Chris Villanueva, CPRW. Let me know how your challenge is going. And don't forget to write down how you're feeling on a scale of 1 to 10. And if you're not feeling good, if it's taking some time to get yourself up to that level, I highly recommend being patient with it. Sometimes it takes a week or two to really notice the benefits of some of these things. I know that if you keep up with it, you're going to start feeling better and your life is going to improve. So excited to hear about your next ventures here and we'll keep in touch. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, especially if you want more job search or career related advice here. And we'll see you next time. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks, guys, for being true warriors, and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.